This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It's 98.9 Northwest FM here, Tuesday night. It's me, Matty J, in studio with... Alan Deep Singh, or so we should, should we say Alan Beep? Alan Beep, according to Matt <laughs> Rentman. Don't know how they got that one, but I, I try to enunciate, you know, my name as much as I can. Um, I think they just they were they were putting in less effort than a Starbucks person would at your order. So <laughs> you know, I mean, he quickly identified the part I wanted, and you know, he didn't give me somebody else's part. So you know, whatever the name was, he took it. So so uh, so we're gonna have to now now call you as Alan. Alan Beep, as I mentioned, I changed your you name. Changed in, my name in the chat. In the yes. chat, uh, <laughs> I think it, it's perfect because it's a car show. Alan Beep. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. They are the docile tones of uh, one David Prince and one Edward Bunting. How are you, gentlemen? Hello. Well, indeed. Thank you. Oh, very well. Very Fresh well. Cuts, I see. I see, Mister Prince. I'm sorry. Fresh cuts. I see. Fresh cuts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Trying to make something out of what little's there. <laughs> I'm looking, looking good, David. Looking very fresh. Looking very Thank fresh. Very Leo, Ed may have also done a fresh cut. It's just we unfortunately <laughs> wouldn't be able to tell. You would never know. I'll have the same hairstyle until I die. That's my only option. Well, Ed, yeah. I want to I know. Uh, simples. Simples, yeah, exactly. I want to know, like, when you wash your face, how far do you, do you go back? Do you just keep going or do you? Just, <laughs> just the shampoo just sort of goes everywhere. You just, you don't. You don't there's no, there's no designated lines. You just, the lines are blurred. Dude, I, I can't, I can't talk. I'm receding, so it's, 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 it's happening as well. So I'm. I'm oh, yeah, sure. Where? I could see you with a bit of a David, you know, shave on the sides. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Fair yeah, short on the sides. That would look good. Anyway, this isn't hairstyle talk. We were going to start with some hair talk. We were going to start with hair talk. Yeah. <laughs> hair talk's where it's at. It is Tuesday night, as I was mentioning earlier, where we talk uh, all things cars here on 9.9 Northwest FM. As well as we talked, we talked uh, some interesting topics that that we that we've come up with. Interesting topic tonight, which uh, we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, we'll go around the screens. We've got a few more boys jumping on, but we'll start with you guys, Edward. Updates with you, my friend. Uh, updates with me. Well, there's a fresh update. The Volvo uh, S60 is no longer in my possession. Yeah, oh, gone. Gone. That um, that's of as of about an hour ago. So that's pretty fresh. Fantastic. Um, that was a look. It was a cheap car. I advertised that on Marketplace, and um, someone saw the value in it, and um, yeah, it's driven home. So there you go. That's one gone. Nice. I haven't done anything with the Saab 900 in terms of getting it running. I just kind of haven't had time. I did spend a few days up at Lake Hatter four wheel driving, and that was great fun. Managed to get the Pajero bogged well and truly. And um, I was very thankful that it's got a winch on the front because if I didn't have that, uh, we'd probably still be there. Mm. Uh, I, I not only did I, I winched me out, I winched my friend out twice in his discovery as well. So it was it was used, as I was telling David earlier, three times within a half-hour period. And I thought, 
we all just sat there at the campfire that night and said, thank God for that winch. <laughs> anyway, you don't want to get stuck up there. Things happen up in the up in the mountains. Yeah, well, it's not that mountainous there. But, yeah, I know what you mean, David. Not yes, no, don't, no damn good. I, um, I saw a Saab 900 in red yesterday ooh. driving down, and I was like, would that be it? You know, Because <laughs> I wasn't sure about your one and the condition. I just thought. Mm, you know, I'll try and check, but unfortunately, I could, the, the Mine is a, a light silvery blue. Um, yeah, and it doesn't run, so no, that wasn't me. It's actually quite, it's actually quite a tidy code. Like I quite like it, to be honest with you. I oh yes, if I was, I was, yeah. I was toying with the idea, but I was like, you know, no, I've got, I've got other things on the horizon. Uh, now, but- speaking of horizon, can we, can we go to you next, Matt? Just uh, because of that. Sure, sure. Ooh. Well, uh, you know, it's. We'll, we'll we'll go later. We'll go later. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, uh, Mr. Prince, updates with you. Well, oh, well, it must be something in the water. I've sold them a test this afternoon too. That's gone no. off to go. a uh, new home. So um, that's a bit of a miracle, <laughs> a modern day miracle. So that's that was good news. He's very happy. So that's very good. Looking for an economical runabout to get him to and from work, and that's uh, can't get much more economical than that. 800 throbbing cc's of power. <laughs> Someone say Fury. Riz will be disappointed. Riz has just joined us. Riz, <laughs> no more Riz. Off the market. Sorry. They were gone. You can't even consider it now. So uh, gone. gone. As soon as you lose. I know your two Teslas are probably not doing what you want and you were secretly really wanting that. <laughs> Too late, Liz. You snooze, you lose. That's – I get it. I get it. I've, it's – I'll never get a chance to own a Honda Civic again. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Don't don't mm. don't worry, my friend. Uh, but Mr. Prince, you had a lovely event on the weekend. Oh, we did. We did. We had a very special uh, event. So my uh, my car experience was mostly to do with that. So we had the 50th anniversary of the club that I'm the vice president of, which was um, the third time lucky. Put off twice during COVID in Melbourne, and. The stars aligned. It was actually it was a brilliant day. It it actually probably worked out better than the format we were going to have previously. All the cars that were in this time last week in various stages of uh, assembly got there under their own steam and got home under their own steam. Uh, so that was great. We we had the project accord that the club's been working on for the last couple of years. That was the that was finally there on show. We had six cars actually all together uh, on show and uh, had a couple of people from Honda Australia come out and they bought. Uh, an NC1 NSX, which was the pre-production car, the red car that's done the rounds of some shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually took some great photos, one of them being probably the world's only photo of an N- NC uh, NSX next to a Honda Acti from 1983. So uh, they, um, it was actually really great. We, I was chatting to one of the fellows from Honda and um, the CEO actually, and uh, as people were leaving and, they, you know, a first-gen insight came past and he, his jaw dropped to the ground. He couldn't believe there was still one on the ground. They sold 43 of them, I think, in Australia. Are you serious? That's and all they sold? That's all they sold, yep, yep. $55,000 they were and manual-only two-seater. Yeah. That's uh, that first hybrid on the, on, uh, they've sold in Australia. They, they pipped the Prius by about a month, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Fairly unique little car, and then an S six hundred rolled past, you know, with the roof down and 
heading off into the sunset and he, he just said, I, I can't remember the last time I saw one of those on the road. He said, this is brilliant. You know, he was genuinely excited by the whole thing. So That's awesome. it was really good. So, um, yeah, it was a great day. So a lot of, uh, a lot of organising and a lot of fluffing around to be, to get there, but we got there. So that's a good thing. Real live event, David. That's fantastic. real life in, in, yeah. And we actually had more people than we'd had booked for the June event. So we had just under 90 there in the end. So, uh, it was, it was brilliant, really good. That's Lots awesome. of people from years ago and, um, uh, catching up with people that they hadn't seen mm. in stuff. So it was a great day. That's awesome. Dude. Well done. Yeah. Thanks. Rizzy Ross. Updates to you. Oh, updates car wise. Nothing in particular with my own cars at the moment. Has Tesla had an update? It has the white one has been sitting there. It's still got 120 Ks on it. Still on its first charge. It's been six oh. weeks. <laughs> so I had to connect that to Wi-Fi the other day so it could get its update. And then I had another one. And now with the new update, the car itself will detect where where the parking spots are as you're driving through the shopping center car park. <laughs> and if you slow down enough, it will automatically put it into reverse and auto reverse the car into the parking spot. So that was one of the newer updates, but this, but it's why it's different. Why it's a little bit, I guess, unique is because it already can do that with the radars, but this is the first update with vision only. So it uses the eight cameras around the car itself All right. to figure out where everything is. Like, obviously that's what autopilot is. It's a complete vision-based system. It's not radar-based. Mm. So because Tesla's moved away from that, their machine learning side of things on computer vision is getting really good. So that's what I, I, I've updated it. I haven't tried it myself, but I've seen some videos of people giving a go in, uh, Wollongong and other parts of the country, and it seems to work fine. It, there are Teslas in Wollongong? There yeah. are. Apparently, though... They're from Sydney the on holiday. Huh? <laughs> They're from Sydney on holiday. That's it. Apparently, that it what the system is not able to do, if you pull up next to a disabled car park spot, though, it will still park it in there. Oh! So, it. I mean, obviously, you'll slow down and you have to engage the system to do it, but it, it is something that I think... probably disabled itself. Huh? Ah. I don't think that's allowed, David, still. Oh, okay. I'm picturing that Seinfeld episode where George parked his father's car in the, in the handicap spot. Oh, yeah. They came back and the car was a little, um, you know, bashed around. And, and Jerry, apparently this was an ad lib line, Jerry just says, you know, most of this will just buff right out, you know, and it was it was major panel damage. But apparently that was ad lib. That wasn't part of the script. Mm. <laughs> and one, well, one other sort of bit that I think I'll add in, I, uh, over the weekend I went to a car dealership with a friend of mine and uh, uh, we had a pretty, it was, it was a good car, it was a good dealership experience overall. The salesperson seemed to know what they were selling and yeah it was just overall pleasant experience compared to what a lot of other salespeople are doing at the moment and just brushing people off because we don't have a car to sell you <laughs> I, think so that, that's... I think that's i think that's the case with most dealerships at the moment to be honest with you like there's just, there's just no stock around and they're just like well we don't care so mm. <laughs> so that's that's all that place for my end um i was gonna say riz 
considering you um, have two Teslas, it must be tricky getting Ks on both of them. So if you need a bit of help with that, you know, <laughs> your boys always willing to come down. The, the it, side. We, we gotta we gotta make it happen we gotta get we you know i've, I've obviously <laughs> since beats was sold by dr dre we need dr alan beep on the scene we need him on the scene and we are we gotta get it down we gotta get you down here my man um actually one more quick update sorry to take up so much time right. 400z apparently <laughs> nissan australia reckons there is an insane amount of demand for that car but they're not going to tell us when the prices will be launched or any of those other details or how many cars are they've been able to secure for Australia. Yeah. So it's all media bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Serious Tesla-related question, Riz. How are they with kangaroos? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great response, Riz. There, there, there is Churchill Park down the well, it's about five minutes drive from here where there is a lot of kangaroos and police paddocks and stuff where yeah. my brother had an incident with the, with the golf. Again, there. your brother is a menace on the road. No, no, no. That was just the last one. That was when he had the golf. Now he's got the Volvo thing. But, yeah, I think um, – I, I don't know. I, I wonder if there are videos of them taking well, – yeah. Well, Volvo spent a lot of money trying to work out kangaroos and yes. brought cars to Australia, and and in the end, it was too hard. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, so I will have to I'll have to see if I can find some videos and share it in our exclusive um, <laughs> exclusive group. Right, classic not Japan, ladies gentlemen. Classic, that's, that's it. <laughs> I saw some big kangaroos up at Lake Hatta. They were uh, very well fed. <laughs> they bounced in front of my Pajero bull bar, but I did not hit them. Ooh. Just as well. Mm, mm, they were wily. I yeah. think Ed, well, Ed was also shot them. <laughs> I think Ed was also using his uh, computer vision for that. Yeah. <laughs> no need. Scotty, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Now, I'll Scott, with you, did you, you get a little reminder last week? <clears throat> Yeah, right. Who dis? I was unsure who it was. <laughs> Listen, Scott, a roadworthy on the R31. Wasn't that for? Wasn't that forceful? It was nicer than that. Oh, it was a nice message. Yeah, there's a little bit of update that I can actually share. <clears throat> I went and saw an um, the absolute legend, the myth himself <laughs> in person. Got your seat back. Got your seat. Back. I did get my seat back. Mm. Um, it looks fantastic. You wouldn't even know where it had yeah. any yeah. any tears or holes or anything, and it looks amazing. Mm. So really Who's excited that? with that. Who did that one, uh, David? Was that a Ross? That was a Ross job, yep. Ross job, yeah. Yep. yep. Lovely. Yep, yep, yep. It was just bolster, was it? I'd actually had a cigarette burn in the in the uh, seat part as well, so we um, I had enough fabric that we did that as well. So it's uh, so I couldn't be happier with the way that's turned out. <clears throat> I got to give it a bit of a clean and yeah, put it in, and it'll be lovely, lovely. Have yeah, you that's what I'm hoping for. Roadworthy yet, Scott? So I've got someone checking out hopefully Friday to see if Ooh. there's anything that I might need to do. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I'm going to do some car stuff, whatever I need to do to finish up. Uh, I'm going to have a look at the speedo, see if I can get that going. 
hopefully I read a couple of things what it could be, so I'll just have to check it to see if it's that or not. And yeah, hopefully I'll do everything I can to get this on the road and ready. That's my aim. Classic not Japan's not far mm-hmm. around the corner. Not far away. Coming fast. Very fast. No, that, that's good news. That's that, that's awesome news. Is it, it's not. It's not this weekend. It's the next one, isn't it? Yep. Correct. Twelve yep. days away. Whoa! What car am I bringing? What car are you bringing it? I don't know. Japanese car. Yeah, it's got to be Japanese. <laughs> I mean, it can be something else. No, no, no. We won't hate. We'll hate no. a little. Hate just a little, little bit. I won't allow it. It's classic, not Japan. It's not. It's no, not, it's classic, not, not German. <laughs> uh, Alan, sorry. I'll you, my friend. So, as you recall from our once again, we, we're awfully mentioning these chats. But um, one of the things that really irked me on the MX-5 were the pedals. It would be all right if they were just aftermarket pedals, but one of them had tape on it to help secure it, the accelerator. And I thought that was. It's pretty yeah. mank. It's pretty mank, you know. I really want to get some change. Pretty grot. And um, when I did my big old order from of parts from the UK, the IL Motorsports pedals were the ones that I um, ended up ordering as well. They actually came separate. They came, I think, a little bit before I came back from uh, Canberra. And um, yeah, it was not that hard to take off the original pedals. I was a little afraid because this, the fasteners seemed a little rusted. They're all orange. I tried to put a hex bed in there. That didn't work. And then I thought, maybe it's a Torx. It didn't look like a Torx, but um, you know, I tried T10, came right out. Mm. Yeah, they were, they were kind of squeaking around. But they had this weird thing of like, they had these little plastic, um, not plastic, metal little strips. And basically the screws were tied into there. And I was like pulling on the back of the pedal, which I didn't think was very secure. It's not very really safe, is it? No, no. <laughs> as, as Dev said, it was super, super cheap special. Mm. Um, I was say it was an Auto Technica special. No, it was a Monza, wasn't it? It was Monza. Monza, yeah. Oh, Monza. <laughs> so I remember that. Um, I, I, before I went in with the new pedals, I did watch a video of somebody doing it. And they had the accelerator is nice and easy because there's two screws um, and some nuts, and they just go on nice and easy. The brake and clutch pedal is just you got to really just push it on and make sure the rubber kind of goes around. Uh, goes around. And everyone was having a ton of difficulty with it. So I decided to do the smart thing. And because it's rubber, I put some um, silicon lubricant within the rubber and use that to massage it over the pedal. Good idea. Mm. And that saved me. I mean, I still nearly broke my arms and got, <laughs> I decided to do this at like 7.30 to 8.30 when the mosquitoes came out. So my ankles were absolutely eaten by mosquitoes. But I ended up getting it on, uh, getting both pedals on. And then I did the smart thing. Did they, you got the dead pedal as well, didn't you? Yes. I got the, the, uh, the, yeah, the foot rest as well. And that one just had to be drilled, pre-drilled some holes, screw that one on. And uh, yeah, so obviously because I've used lubricant on pedals, that's a smart thing, got my interior cleaner, sprayed it on, wiped them all down, make sure there's no residue left. Um, because last thing you want is slip, feet slipping off pedals while you're driving. Absolutely. Um, so Safety first, Alan Beep. Yep. So very happy with that mod. The car looks much nicer. In the, I mean, no one's going to be looking at the pedals, but the, the, even the pedals feeling on your feet, they were feeling rather weird and mank and like making weird noises. So I'm happy to have those changed. I tried to also change the wiper blades. What I didn't realize was I would either need some special ability or what they usually advise is like a pulling tool. So you, you claw it around the, the actual um, wiper arm and then you kind of screw down and put pressure on it and it pops it off. Uh, so I might have to invest in that at my local auto parts store. So, the, so nah, the- bring it to me. I used to do windscreen wipers five bucks. 
<laughs> but this is the issue. This is the wiper arm. The wiper, yeah, yeah no, easy. Still do that, easy. Five bucks. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. Because this is loaded. <laughs> so I, I sprayed them on the laser one. So I took I took them off. Um, so you got to push them down with one hand and just unbolt them, and they, they they should just pop. They should just pop straight off. I've I've done them a few times. So I might send you a video because I've gotten the the, bo- the nut off. That's fine. It's just they seem to be a little pressed in. I, I was going to try and change. That's actually what I went to change initially. Uh, in the evening, I thought I'd change the wipers first and then focus on the, the pedals. But since the wipers didn't work, I decided to use that time instead. Mm. I uh, still have to do the roof latches, um, but I'm also uh, going to get fresh screws. So once I get the fresh uh, screws in for that, I'll uh, I'll do the roof latches, I think. And, it's all coming together. Yeah, still missing a gear knob. Um, that I will hopefully get. Somebody's advised just to get like a, an aftermarket one. I still have to call Mazda and see how much they'll sell me a stock one for. 270 seems a bit much for a gear knob. I don't know. But... I still got the Nismo one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, so the stock head unit, you can apparently get a kit that attaches in, goes into like the tape slash mini disc input, and uh, you can then connect it to Bluetooth. So keeping it looking very stock and then still having Bluetooth connection seems like the way to go. I think that'd be... Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is a promising thing, and yeah, I think that is about it for the MX5. It's coming along once I've got those things buttoned up, I'll give it a, pro- a proper cut and polish. But I think we'll start with Matt's laser that needs a cut and polish, mm, yeah, definitely. Needs. That's where I'm gonna get my practice in, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It definitely needs to go. Which is speaking of a laser, I've been driving it, I've been driving in heaps these last few weeks. I've, I've put over geez, a thousand, fifteen hundred Ks on it, um, just, just dropping the crap out of it, and it's a, it's such an easy car to drive. Like I forgot how easy it was to drop them off because you know when you're in and out of the Forester and, and, and stuff like that, it's 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 actually just you get in it it's fuss free it just works the aircon's icy cold it just bang first crank off you go um, you know it's kind of fuss free you know like after like getting those, those little teething issues after the rebuild done it's been it's been faultless I, I can't I can't complain do know that, that like my driver's side seat it after about probably in the driver's seat for about an hour it's starting to get really sore on the on the right side butt cheek because of the the foam is pretty much no no longer there so i will have to take that out Mr. I know Pence, someone. and bring that to you to get that sorted asap i think before i, I rub through the uh the the fabric that's the cheek oh sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> that too that too uh so today i'm driving the mr2 uh that's going in tomorrow for us it's yearly service and also to get the aircon done because i the guy that screwed me around i'm not going back to him so Ratner is gonna gonna uh, take the compressor off, reseal it, and get the get his aircon get his new aircon guy just to regas it for me. So that will be done hopefully by Friday. Uh, it, it'll definitely be done before um, Classic Not Japan, obviously. Uh, so so that that's that's happening for that. I did though today when I when I, when I picked it up, I put my my driver's side window down and it kind of got caught and it dropped and then I couldn't get it back up. I was like, oh okay. So I think it's come off. Um, somewhere, but I managed to get it back up, and now um, I'm really doing it the halfway. I'm, I'm not game enough to take it any lower. <laughs> I'll get I'll get around and have a look at that as well tomorrow while while it's there. But, but yeah, no, that's pretty much it on my end of things. I think for for my car related uh, updates. No, anyway, is what was it talking about before? Uh, there's a one two four wagon which I'm very very keen on. I just I want Finishing to buy tonight at Shannon's. It is. Okay. I want to buy, but I have nowhere to put, and I don't want to damage a nice TE. 
um, until I manage to get myself a garage that they can go in. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bunting, where's it going to go? I've already got, I've already got freaking. I told you, three cars out. Yes, one car in. It's happening. They're three cars out. out, one car in. That's where it's going to go. Yeah. So, I'm still still toying with the idea. I've I've been keeping a close eye on it. It's coming out eleven seven. Don't toy. Bye. $11,179 it's at at the moment. How long have I got to go uh, that, that? Two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't worry. I'm keeping a keen eye. I'm keeping a keen eye. Keeping a keen eye so you know how much Maybe I should just buy it just to piss you off. Yeah, yeah you probably should, actually. <laughs> then sell it to him for a profit. Ed. Yeah, well, he would. It would be like you're doing him a service, you know. <laughs> there are some interesting cars going through that auction yeah, price-wise yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Well, there's an A dub like mine that's currently at twenty six grand, I think. So yeah. that's yeah. Um, I'm like that's actually good money. Um, yeah, it was, and that met reserve as it should. But yeah, twenty six k, which is about what it's worth. That's sort of the going rate at the moment. There's, it is, there's yeah. also a sixty six Morris Mini Cooper S Mark One. That's twenty eight grand. Thirty. Yeah, that's cheap. Yeah, I, I mean, remember. it might not. It might not stay there. True. There's a Maserati Quattroporte by Turbo Sedan for 12 and a half. And I was like, you know what? That would be automotive suicide. That would be the worst financial mistake you'd ever make. Save yourself $1,000 and get it. Just keep that and like, have it sitting there looking pretty. And then you move on to the next cycle. So I, I, I've got a Maserati, do you? Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, you I, go for a ride? No. 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 But us Maserati owners, we know what it's like to, to own such a prestigious car. Uh, <laughs> Actually, there's actually another Maserati, an 82 Mirac SS, uh, 39 and a half. That was, that was like going for, in the, it was in the early teens for ages. And it went it, exactly, exactly. Um, and now it's now it's. Mind you, it's a project, so a Maserati Mirac project could be um, more than a project. I always remember the episode of Jeremy Clarkson driving the Mirac in the engine, bent a rod and sent it through the block. That was, was that the red one? The red one, yeah. That, that was hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. But anyway, moving on, gentlemen, to tonight's topic. Now, Mr. Prince, uh, I'm going to give you oh, the floor. Yeah, here we go. Here we I'm go. going to give you the floor to how am I going to how am I going to put this word? You are at the you are the ultimate Honda man uh, of all Honda men uh, or, or Honda human. And what is Honda doing? Forty seven grand for a not even it's not even it's not even a Type R. It's a CVT one point five. What are they doing? Are they? Are they oh, I just saw David's. David's just had a drink and he's just pulled out a whole script that he's ready to read. <laughs> <laughs> is Honda trying to is this the topic? What are Honda doing? Is that the topic? No, no, oh, oh, <laughs> it's, the That's not the topic. To, it's the precursor to what's coming. Oh, precursor. We have to address the elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Like I, I was like, are they trying to to leave Australian market? Is is that what they're trying to do? Like, what are what are they doing? Good question. I'll, I'll Good let question. you uh, take that one, David. Then. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Thanks, thanks. They're chasing. Um, they're they're chasing a different market. I think to what was the usual market that you'd imagine a Honda Civic be be involved. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a car. At the the social media that's just blown up in regard to it and all the all the um car websites you know car advice and and all, all those ones have, have uh yes pointed out the the seeming disparate pricing to the to, with the new model um now 
it's a lot of money for what would appear to be a car that was $16,000 cheaper last year. And this is the top-end model, obviously. I hope it drives really good. So the proof will be in the pudding, I suppose. I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're not chasing volume, they, they say, but then I don't know how you can sell 900 cars and expect to make a, a profit in the business model from that. So, well, well, here's the thing, right? Like the whole point of mass production is to sell cars, right? Um, and yep. I don't see how... Which they do a lot of around the world. <laughs> around the world, yeah. And they're just like, like because the Australian market, I mean, you would know it, um, David, you, the, the Honda fan base here is huge, like massive in Australia. It's got such a long pedigree in this country. Um, and this is, to be honest with you, I felt it was a bit of a slap in the face to people like you, David, because, you know, it was it was just like, well, this is what we're going to give you and it's going to be going to charge you more. What's it made of? Myrrh? Like it's, it must be, <laughs> it must be, yeah. Yeah, but like it, it's, 16 grand more than the previous couple, the current shape, I, I should say. I mean, this is, it's really kind of a bit of a face. Is it a face of it or is it a full new model? No, it's I mean, a full new model, full new, full okay. new generation. Yeah. Um, I, I have, I have it on good authority that it actually is, is a very good car. The, um, it would want to be. The press from overseas has been pretty glowing on it, that it, the, um, the way it drives, the, the tech in it, and that sort of thing. I think you've got to go back. We probably have to go think back thirty years of those of the, those of you that can. Uh, in nineteen ninety one, a four door Civic SI was twenty five thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars. If you convert that to today's money, that's fifty two thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. So they were back then. They were a premium, expensive Japanese car. So there were a lot of cars cheaper, and I mean prelude. Converted into today's dollars was nearly $77,000. And, and the legend coupe was $167,000 in today's money. So they were always expensive back in those, in what you know, some people say, the, the hallowed sort of days. There's uh, Everyone would say that you know, with the, the loss of models like Prelude and Integra and CRX and all that, that you know, they've, um, and the proliferation of CR, uh, um, SUVs and stuff, they're probably, sadly, they're not at the point they were in the 90s with that premium sort of perception, I suppose, amongst car buyers as a, as a genuine alternative to the European cars that were that sort of money sort of thing. So they're an expensive Japanese car all through those years. Sorry, David, to cut you off there, but like in the, in the mid-2000s, like I still saw Honda as the premium Japanese brand with the Accord yeah. Euro. With, and they were, called the Jap they were called Japanese BMW for a reason. Exactly. Um, yeah. And... and yep. They've always they've always been a premium car and like don't don't get me wrong, Civics have always driven well and I'm sure the new one would be fantastic. But like the just the disparity between between the price range is just is just astronomical. Exactly, um, and exactly. I you know I I mean they, they were just announced Integra, which we'll get to in in a, in a second. Um, <laughs> but I just I just find it like it's it's really hard to to kind of fathom that 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 yeah. change. Yeah. That, that's right. It, it, especially on top of the change in the business model and the bad press they've had as far as that. Whereas, you know, a lot of people in the industry think, well, that's probably the way they're all going to go, or the majority are going to go. Mercedes are doing it. Subaru did it years ago. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know. Can I, can I, can I just say, let's see what happens. Give it six months and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I, I really want Honda to work because I, I, I love Honda and I, I think Honda is one of the most innovative and, you know, um, 
just impressive car companies of all time. You know, they're they're pedigree in F1 to to bikes to anything to like the, the history behind Honda is just it's too good for this country just to say well it's not a viable situation to sell Hondas here anymore. There are not uh, many other companies that actually um, build airplanes with the badge on them, uh, yeah. or Marine or uh, I mean. One hundred million Super Cub motorbikes. I mean, you know, they've yeah, they're a very big company, very successful company. So well, I look hope how they went with. Um, I was going to say, look how they went with Formula One. They came into the hybrid era uh, very late. Yep, and they're up there in the competition already. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and they're they're looking at the couple of races away, aren't they, from um, constructors' championship again? So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's um, that's amazing. That's, that's that's right. So, yeah, let's talk again in six months and see what the score is, shall we? Let's see how it goes. Like I, as I said, like as a as a as a Honda fan, you know, I I just I just found it you know, like and, and and yes, like today's money is different money to how it was, you know, back um, back then. I mean, you're looking at 160k for for, for Legend Coupe, you'd be like, wow, that's a lot of money for a Honda. Yep. But back then, it was that that's what you know, it was like, oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. People, people tend to forget that Honda, again, the innovation behind Honda and 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 the, like how good they've been for so long. I just think you know, like with this announcement, people people got really harsh about them, and and um, I don't think I don't think they've seen the bigger picture. I mean, Honda's trying to like, is that? So I need to clarify. I don't know. I don't know much if, if it is, but is this is this new model the same around the world, or is it just in Australia they're doing this new model? The sales yeah. model. No, the sales model, correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 it's just in Australia. Uh, well, it started in New Zealand. It's the same as a New Zealand model, based on a New Zealand model from, I think, about 15 years ago, actually. Okay. Like that, that started 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, so Australia, I mean, in in as far as the world goes, I mean, Australia is a tiny market for Honda, minuscule, really. So I suppose in that way they see they've got to deal with it in a different way, I suppose, as I said, like you, I'm a Honda guy, and and I I hope it goes well for them. Um, there, you know, obviously there are marketing people, and there are you know, <laughs> like people with degrees and things, all in this sort of thing that should know far more than I know about these sort of things. So, yeah, I, I, let's see what happens. I suppose yeah, it comes down to profitability. That's what they keep harping on about. You know, that's right. That's right. Like you said before, Matt. You know, it's it's um oh, isn't it just about selling cars? Well, it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't. You know, because if you're losing eight hundred dollars a car, you know, or mm. five grand a car, whatever it might be, there's plenty of car companies over the years that have lost money on on certain models, if not entire ranges. You know, you've only got to sort of delve into Google, and you you'll find you know oh you know. This blah 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 model from this manufacturer, they lost money on every single one they produced. You know, like that's that's well documented, and I think it just comes down to we'd rather sell X amount of cars and have some profit in every one in Australia than you know try and compete on volume where we just never will. You know, but it isn't weird. like, but it, like you know, how are you going to compete if you're not selling cars? That that's that's just that's it's just yeah, it, it, it's I, like the purpose. I think they would just rather sell less cars and and be profitable. Hmm. You know? um, and that's that would be that's that's really interesting. You know, like when I've uh, Dave touched uh, touched on this earlier around the fixed price model. And fifteen years ago, I think they launched in New Zealand. And when I first started looking into this car dealership space five years ago, I listened to a podcast of uh, it was an interview from the states from early two thousands. 
and they were talking about how Honda had just launched their fixed price model and how for most dealers it wasn't working out. This is 15 years, uh, like maybe mid 2000s. Yep. So they've obviously tried this in different parts of the world and there's nothing wrong with going with a fixed price model. If the market, if your product is unique enough and if you can convey the benefits that your product has over what everyone else has, then yeah, there's nothing wrong with the fixed price model. Some of the, obviously the Chinese brands entering into the market, whether it's the MGs of the world or Havels or Great Wall Motors, yes, everybody has opinions off them, but they just come in, they've just said, this is our price. Um, we might take $500 off a car, but that's as far as we're going to go with it. Yeah. So, they, you know, then they're selling. They're selling regardless of what it is and people don't mind the product. And that's, that's the change in the market dynamics now that anyone looking for a Honda back in the day in the mid 90s and early 2000s did not have the option of, they might have had some cheaper stuff from Hyundai and Kia, which was very subpar. Yeah. But now the competition from the Koreans as well as the Chinese brands is you just can't like, unless even the real loyal fans like yourself and like my data guy who has a type R, he just thinks that there's no value. He paid $52,000 for a, literally a brand new type R 2018. And this car is 47,000 something. Yeah. So that's, that's the sort of dynamics that, you know, if Honda customers, existing customers are cost conscious, then this may not sell. But then on the other hand, maybe they don't expect Civic to be a bit of a hot seller anyway. Maybe they just want to focus all their energy and efforts into the, into the booming HRV and SUV or the SUV market in general yeah. and make money. Well, that's certainly a consideration, and the it, one of the press releases I read said that you know they Honda didn't want to consider not having a Civic nameplate in Australia. So, I mean, it's a bit like the Accord. I mean, the Accord volume with the Hybrid Accord, the current one, is negligible for the for Australia, you know. But they felt it important enough to actually still keep it available and at a price, though. Of course, I mean, it's not cheap either. So even back in the day, I mean, the the Everything from the Concerto and the Integra is that they were always a pricey car. What we what we've what people have to determine now is whether they're worth the money. I think that was my next point. It was just like, well, you know, yes, Hondas are great. Yes, they're reliable. Yes, that they're a Honda, and people, you know, people always like you know respect Hondas and stuff. And you know, I think the nineties and and two thousands like era again, just they made quality cars that would that were pretty much in the in the Japanese space. I think. To be fair, unparalleled. You know, yeah. I mean, Toyota was doing some okay stuff and Subaru, but like in terms of in terms of just quality, Honda was the Honda was there. I but I, you know you got to think now is forty seven thousand two hundred bucks. You know, can I get a better car for that? Yeah, you know, yeah. than a Civic. And and some people say, of course not, because Civics are great, and, and I'll, I'll agree <laughs> with you. But, but you know, if you shop really hard enough, like you can, there is a there is a lot there's a, a lot of um, options in the in the market and. And like, I'm going to ask you there, but why did they stop selling the Jazz here? Like I, I worked on a Jazz on the weekend and I was just changing the battery and I'm like, and it was, a, it was the last generation Jazz that they sold here. Like yep. this is a bloody awesome car, like a really nice car, easy to work on. The interior was lovely, well fit, a really good fit and finish. I'm like, why did they stop selling it? Well, again, I think it's money. I don't think the current shape one is 
coming out of Thailand, so it was, would have had to be sourced from Japan. And I think they determined that the, there wasn't a business case for it, that it would have been too expensive in the market. I think that was the reasoning behind it, I think. And again, you sort of think, well, if they'd have bought that in at sort of $27,000, $28,000, everyone would have jumped up and down too, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I get that. It's just, I, I just, gone are the days of like the, you know, the, the $20,000 Mazda 3s and, and even the mm. Mazda 3s are expensive these days and, and, and stuff. Yeah. Like, like long gone. It's interesting. interesting. Mazda is, um, Australia is the biggest market for Mazda after Canada, outside yeah. Japan, I think. Outside Japan, yeah. So mm. because of that, that size, I mean, it's it's been a source of frustration for some time. If you wanted a CX three or a or a C CX thirty or whatever, you can get a manual, you can get an auto, you can get two wheel drive, four wheel drive, you can get petrol, diesel, and you know some variants and stuff like that. I mean, you have choice, um, and and that's what I, I think Australians have been spoiled for choice of different trims and different, uh, yeah. and it's lovely to have. I'm not saying it's we shouldn't have it, but you know you can when you don't have the choice it's very easy then to write one off you know if you decide you know well i actually want a four-wheel drive manual you well you can't get that from honda okay well, mm. I'll go honda or go somewhere else so i mean we are such a small market um for honda but yeah there are other other markets like um i mean Kia is a huge market for australia now and, and they have australian suspension designers and stuff working at kia so yeah it, it's interesting the, the way the market goes i mean 10 years ago, I suppose it was. I mean, when the three first came out, Mazda wasn't huge in Australia. You know, I mean, it was it was doing okay. But, you know, every car manufacturer, I think, and we'll get on to it, I think, in the rest of the topic, you know, is one good design design story away from, you know, huge success. I mean, the Kodo design of Mazdas, I mean, most of them look pretty pretty good now. You know, pretty classy. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, that's a significant thing for people. If they see something, I think, oh, I like that. How much is that sort of thing? So watch this space, I reckon. We'll see what happens over the next few months. I'm fingers crossed for Honda because I do not want them to leave the market because I, as you said, I genuinely, I genuinely uh, love them and I want them to stay. So Honda, if you're listening to us, please stay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, well, this brings us into our next topic. Uh, well, so in, in, well, to pre this was a precursor to our topic of car mistakes, like car company mistakes, big mistakes car companies have made. Now, uh, I, I was mentioning earlier in in, uh, in in the day the power shift. I mean, power shift forward transmissions, uh, which were not not well 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 documented. But there's been there's been all sorts sorts of issues, and and I actually want to start with with, with that one from Ford because Ford knew that they had issues early on. Um, yep. And they kept selling them, and we're like, "Well, it's you know, I think they worked it out. It was cheaper to 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 do something else than it was just to just recall them and, and do them properly." So, and now you know they're they're well known for having shock, shocking dual clutch gearboxes, and do not go near a Ford with a dual clutch gearbox. You know, even more so worse than VW, which is which I thought was really you mm. you, couldn't, you couldn't possibly do that, but but Ford somehow managed to. To fall into that um, dumpster fire, even 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 worse. So yeah, I think I think they they really struggled. But then speaking of VW as well, they've had Dieselgate. That exactly. was kind of a kind of a big one. That was a pretty big one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And and recently, I don't think there's been enough media attention to this, but Mercedes has been in. Uh, they've sort of been caught out as well, where they have. Um, in certain diesel vehicles fitted devices that 
show lower emissions at the time of purchase. And then over a period of time, the emission levels sort of increase and it's not what they advertise. So that's been an independent research done out of Germany where they've come out with, and, and I'm not sure what the court will do with this one, but it's not just Volkswagen. But I think BMW and Mercedes got off easy last time or Daimler, but yeah. this time around, I don't think they would. So it's, it's sort of the emissions as well as, the, I guess, with Volkswagen, it was more around the reliability of the, you know, the transmissions as well. But Dieselgate's been huge. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I think you'd think a company would say, would look at Dieselgate as a case study and be like, let's not do that. Like, let's, let's do everything we can to avoid that. Uh, that, that situation because that is um, inverted commas you're screwed um, so did it affect them well they're so big that they kind of was just like a bit of a bit of a check they're like oh yeah I mean they, they, they were saying oh we're going to leave motorsport because of the big fines we copped and and uh, oh poor VW but but realistically it, it didn't really hurt them at all yeah I feel it didn't really do too much they're just back people are still buying them didn't really stop people no but then I think well what's happened like in the US Daimler paid 2.2 billion dollars in the in the diesel gate saga itself but Do it's you, sort uh, of daimler or vw uh sorry da- daimler did oh well okay uh so that was just one of the big i'm not sure how much vw ended up paying wow so you know they've had to pay huge fines and obviously the other bigger challenges that they have coming up are challenges that they don't know how to deal with at the moment such as efficient manufacturing and some of the other sort of efficiency gains that up and coming uh, brands have, particularly China is a huge threat to all of those German makers at the moment because of the mass, the scale, the backing, the money, all of that stuff that they, they just didn't envisage. Um, and the quality is, I know it's not BMW Mercedes level, but it's not too bad. So it all of these things that they do in the media, or sorry, that they put out there where there is, to lose trust with consumers, it will bite them later on down the track anyway if it doesn't do so today with billions of dollars in fines. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, really interesting that the, the, the fact that, um, that this is, that we, we're even still talking about diesel gate and, and, and emissions like that because, you know, especially with the, with the Euro emission standards, they're, they're so strict. And you know, like, oh, I get that every company is trying to find a trying to find a, ch- a cheat to do it. But when you're mass producing cars, it's not like you're trying to get an extra second in in, in F1. You know, it's it's kind of you're dealing with bigger bigger problems here, bigger fish. <laughs> it was bizarre. I mean, people in America were paid out thousands and thousands of dollars for their cars, weren't they? They were. Yeah. Didn't happen here. Nope. Uh, what was the recent one? Dieselgate here was 130 million or something that Volkswagen paid out, or they will have to pay out. Oh, okay. Well, so it's still uh, in progress that one. Yeah, it was only recently. Let me have a look. I think only recently they had a pretty big sort of thing. 100 and okay. something million. 125 high court decision on 125 million fine for Volkswagen. That was two weeks ago. Yeah. So sorry, but a fine for Volkswagen. Uh, yeah, fine for Volkswagen, but I don't know if people will be paid out of that or not. Yeah. <laughs> whereas in America, the, the yes. consumer was paid, whereas you don't hear that happening in in uh, out here. So it'd be interesting to see what happens, I suppose. And, and more so, cash aside, it's 
frequently these vehicles were purchased by uh, some people for just the extra gas or fuel economy, that sort of thing. But there was an inherent understanding that, right, you're buying this diesel car and with good technology, you're polluting the planet less. That was the, at least, the idea to a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, spinning in that really, I think, matters a lot more than just the cash itself because you know, these people are unknowingly kind of making the planet worse, making the environment worse, which is something that we're not exactly going to be able to reverse without significant leaps in technology or, again, significant kind of changes in, uh, we'll call it, massive company infrastructure, which will actually reduce carbon emissions. Like, there's that big whole thing of, everyone needs to do their fair share and, you know, you can be less be responsible and reduce carbon emissions, but anything an individual does, you can like be as green as possible for the rest of your life. And that won't matter for more than let's say four hours of emissions from a giant factory. Yeah. Those are the guys that really are ruining things. And, you know, I, you know, in this case, yes, they were doing it through cars, but just that kind of pushing the responsibility of being green onto people when companies Mm. do these, you know, terrible things. yeah. Yeah. That was the the thing that got me about it was the arrogance of them actually, you know, tricking the testing, the tests that that, that will, oh, yeah, well, we can just set it up so that it tests properly and then, but it really doesn't do it. That was, that was, doesn't do what it says on the box. No. (laughs) Very bad. It's all in terms of testing as well. It also, like, the the efforts they went to, it's like, don't you think you should probably test the cars on the road too? Hmm. Like, yeah, are you just going to rely on these figures that you know you're going to get? Maybe do a few more tests later on. Maybe to see the car ten years later, how much changes over time just through engine wear and stuff. Like, does it start polluting a lot more? That, those sorts of things. I'm surprised that did take as long as it did to be found out. Toyota, mm-hmm. the the that sticky pedal situation from many many years ago. Yeah, remember that? That was pretty big. Like where the I guess the the pedals of the accelerator pedal was out of control and i don't know how many people died on the back of that but in the u.s it was a pretty big sort of thing in the late 2000s i think it was did they try to deny that as well i think initially they did and all these big corporate companies generally try and deny all of that stuff because they know they've got the money they've got the lawyers they've got everyone backing them and the consumers just don't know they're effing idiots well, see, it, that reminds you of like Ford with the Explorer when they were rolling over and killing people and Ford with the Pinto getting hit up the backside and yeah. exploding essentially. So, and then I think Ford worked it out. It was cheaper to pay out than it was to, to re-engineer the car. Was it, was it Jeeps that would just spontaneously combust? Oh. There was, right? A Jeep that would just spontaneously combust. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that... And that's why they made the joke about Canyon Arrows. They're like, like unexplained fires on Madison of the Courts, part of the Canyon Arrow jingle, I think. For me, the one that uh, also comes to mind is the fact that, you know, they renamed the Insignia into a Commodore. Uh, I think that was yep. a bad thing by Holden. Considering what kind of car you're going from, you know, to a you know, front-wheel drive thingamajig from Europe, like, why would you do that? You know what the Commodores are all about. You know what the people are all about. Just call the insignia and just say the Commodore's done. I think that got them quite a bit of ill will. I mean, at this point, they've run away anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter too much. But I feel that that was one of the nails in the coffin for them. Oh, I mean, mm. Scotty, Scotty, would you would you drive an insignia called, called a Commodore or would you drive a Commodore? Like, you'd drive a Commodore. Uh, yeah, um, exactly right. It was uh, completely different. It wasn't set up the same as what you envisioned a Commodore was. Absolutely. Or had been in the past. Yeah. 
And I, and I, I think that was I think that was a big slap in the face to to Commodore owners because because I think um, you know as a Commodore it should have died with the whole and like with, with actual you know the Australian manufacturing and I think uh, yeah it was it was really important for for Australian manufacturing just to end Commodore with with Commodore you know with the Australian manufacturing of the Commodore and uh, and call the new the new car just called the Insignia like it was called everywhere else in the world. Now I'm gonna have to disappear, Maddie. Oh, Edward, we get, well, I had a good car quiz for you tonight. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, someone else is going to have to win it. <laughs> All good. All right, Ed, we'll talk to you later. All right, talk soon. Yeah, yeah Mr. Bunting. Yeah. See you, Ed. Bye. I was just thinking about that Commodore Insignia thing today, actually. I mean, had Honda bought that car, that car, I'm talking about it now, in and called it the Honda Inspire or the Honda Sabre or something like that, I wonder how if that would have been it would have been accepted differently. I mean, people in the know would have known that it was a Civic, but you know, I wonder if if it was perhaps a mistake to call to 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 call it branded Civic. Mm, that's a that's a really interesting thought, David, because badges carry so much weight with them. Exactly, and sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, mm. uh, and just yeah, being very careful with how you approach those badges and, you know, in the future and making sure you're living true to the, I guess, original spirit of the name is quite important. So possibly as you know, you thought retiring the civic or moving the civic name off this, calling it something else, maybe that would have been a better idea. Well, Well, the civic Civic started off, as you know, in like 73 and it was, it was a city car. That was why it was called. It was a small city ideal for the city whereas it's grown and grown and grown and grown so it's bigger than most of the accords ever were now um yeah so it, it just occurred to me i wondered if that would have been an, an option as far as uh might the acceptance might not have been um quite as disappointing i suppose see ford kind of ended the falcon with the falcon like they yep. they, they didn't try to bring in a you know a u.s tourist <laughs> and say it's a, it's a falcon yep. um and I, and I thought they did right by that badge. You know, I, I thought I thought they retired that badge. I mean, it was a bit lame-hearted in the end how they kind of just let, let it die. But uh, at least they at least they kind of you know finished it with with that. Um, just yeah. even using that as an example, Matty, though, makes the Holden decision to call the insignia Commodore even more ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, the thought of them trying to you know, badge a Taurus as a as a Falcon here, which is, and that's basically exactly what Holden did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it did not go well. Yeah, Ford went after another model. They decided to bring in the Mustangs and change that over. Yeah, you know, Holden could have done something similar. They could have, and I, th- I think General Motors, as, as a whole, was just trying to get rid of the Holden brand. Um, that they, they were just like, like, yeah. like they got rid of Saab, like they got rid of, you know, Pontiac, like they got rid of all these other companies and Saturn and all that. They were just like, you know what, let's just get rid of Holden as well. Um, and the way they did it, and I still haven't forgiven GM for, for what they've done, was just it was the biggest slap in the face to us Australians because you know, Holden was our was our car essentially. It, it was our, yeah. you know, it was it was the biggest. You know, people think like Americans think of Australian cars. I think Holden first of all, you know, and it's we it for me it was disgusting how what they did. They they took the government's money when the go when the government when our government paid out. Yep. <laughs> You know, they took it and then they did give it back, and then they kind of just said, "No, you guys can do production now." And for me, that was the one of the worst um, things that it's unforgivable what what, what General Motors did. Like, it's actually unforgivable. But they kind of so be they they just don't keep. Well, Maddie, I, th- I think you underestimate the significance of that, and 
and what the U.S. means to Australia. That, that money that they took, GM transferred it as part of the AUKUS deal to build our submarines. Um, and, and, and the U.S. and Australian alliance is really strong and they will never screw us over if, you, no, if, if, if people don't know that yet. So, yeah, I think... I No, but I completely agree. Like the way what Holden did, uh, sorry, what GM did, and it seems to be a common theme with the way they acquire companies and then they just get rid of them in such a cutthroat way and they're never transparent about it either. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they bastardize the company and then they flog it off. Casey, isn't, that, isn't that like what Ford kind of did with like Jag and that? They just grabbed all the bits and pieces and then just flicked them away? You, you say that, but, all, but also Ford really kind of improved Jag and made their cars actually reliable to, to us to an extent. Uh, and a lot of people from that era were like the Mondeo Jag era. That. Yeah, weren't they making Mondeos look like Jags? Yeah, well, I mean, but no, but, here, but here's, the, here's the thing though. Like they were actually, the cars, the quality got better. It did. Um, and, and people say, oh, it's just a rebadged Mondeo, which it technically was. Uh, <laughs> did, didn't, uh, it, at least they, at least, you know, they, they got something from it. You know, I... Uh, and Jag still exists. Like, Jag still exists, correct. That's, yeah. that's, I think, one of the most important things. Aston Martin still exists. Yeah. Whereas a lot of uh, GMs for the companies are now, you know, Swimming with the fishes, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'm not like like I'm not to- tooting Ford's horn here. Like they they did screw up many things, uh, but but in terms of keeping those companies running, they kind of did. Uh, whereas Holden kind of just like said, or oh, sorry, GM kind of just went, you know, off you go, Saab. I mean, Saab's such an important company in, in yeah. automotive history, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that that just went goodbye in such a how would you how would you say kind of a big fu yeah. <laughs> uh, just they pretty much did the same with holden they did that's exactly what they did yeah they, yeah yeah oh let's mention opal in australia too <laughs> oh yeah they came and went one of my dealerships um signed on for opal and um they didn't have the showroom finished by the time it was <laughs> the bike was pulled and <laughs> I still actually have some South Yarra Opal uh, car stickers, window stickers, which one day might be worth a lot of money. I doubt it, but uh, but yeah, that was a that was a debacle. You know, they oh. literally it sold literally a handful of cars, and then yeah, no, two had boom gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it was that, that was a complete shit show. They 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 had I remember they they were trying to sell cars, and they did the German exchange program where you could you could exchange your car. And drive their car for like the whole week or something, and then they'll be like, you know, huh. what do you think? And I just, I just think they they had no idea what they were doing. Like they 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 came into a market that was already crowded. Their pricing was all over the place. Uh, you know, like they said, oh, we're bringing back a friend, the Astra. Yes, they brought the Astra back, but you know, it it was kind of like, uh, you know, what have they got to? What what are they offering this market that? That Skoda it doesn't that 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 Honda doesn't you know, and then, and they weren't offering anything and, and they just kind of were like well we're here for that not even they lasted a year did they last a year no, no not not too long especially especially all the all the ads yeah twelve eighteen eighteen months was it David no eight or nine I think ah so yeah. where do people get their Opal service now <laughs> well here was the thing it was Holden and then where do you, you get your Holden service from? <laughs> From, from, from was it a, a, a AC Delco? A, AC Delco dealerships now. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. so, my, my car is probably the best place to go. Uh, yeah, so it was it was Saab was getting their cars serviced at at Holden. Then uh, then Opals were getting serviced at Holden. Now, where do you take your cars when Holden doesn't exist? What so, do they call it? The spe- um, 
Australian special vehicles or what? What is it? ASV. ASV? They, they do. Is it, is it them that do rent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, are, are they are they operating out of the Holden dealers now as well, or the ex Holden dealers? Well, they, GM, might be. they were selling Rams at the. They were selling Rams at the Footscray Holden dealership. I'm, I'm aware of that. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. But they're branded Ram because there's no Holden dealerships. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it might be the same real estate. It'll be a different different renter, I'm sure. But yeah, I've seen Ram branded dealerships now. Yeah. yeah. What, what cool cars. Yeah. You get a nice V8 Ute. You know, where do you don't get V8 Utes here anymore? Yeah. And then the Ram comes in. I mean, it's ginormous. <laughs> but if you want a V8 Ute, you know, that's the place to be. Sorry, David, you were saying? I was just going to say one of the key things to this whole discussion, I think, is what you said a minute ago um, about the market. I mean, we have such a crowded market and f more and more manufacturers coming in. I think I saw the other day Sayat's coming back again yeah, you know, like for another go. I mean, how many obscure brands do you need taking an even smaller slice of, of what's essentially the same pie? You know, like um, there's like, so get many brands on sale. So, so Cooper, you, well, you make a, you make you make, a, you make a great point there, uh, David, because the Renault dealership on Mount Alexander Road was a Renault dealership for ages, and then I drove past it. Oh, it's probably been last year, and then it is now a Renault, and then they have they halved the space with Great Wall slash um, slash uh, Havel or Havel, and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of that's a bit of a worrying sign, that's you know? Silly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was was visiting. Um, a uh, dealership a while ago and the people and it was a Ford dealership and they said 70% was it was it 70% I think they said of their of their sales are Ranger you know yeah. like that's the only car really that they sell the other 30% is Everest <laughs> Everest and 2% what, what, Mustang <laughs> yeah it's barely any Mustangs as well like as, as as much as they like to think that they're selling a lot of Mustangs the numbers I think last time I checked it was only selling less than 100 a month there's yeah. nothing available. There's well. nothing available. There's no stock. Yeah. And, and and this is the thing. And I think the other day I learned that, you know, Ford, Ford in, compared to GM, Ford is definitely doing things. And they, they are thinking about their business in the long term. We Even with the E-Mustang and the Lightning Ute and whatever, like the Ford F-150 Lightning, they reckon they've got nearly 170,000 reservations on them already. Wow. The, the, how many years will it take them to supply that? And they're opening two or three new gigafactories and battery plants, and they're investing quite a significant amount of money to be sort of, you know, be on, be on trend, but at the same time, really sort of make the most of the big US grants that are offered to people purchasing electric vehicles or, and, and obviously, you know, they, for the sustainability of the future business. So I think Ford is doing, couple of things and they're doing them right and they've got the cars already and the deliveries will be happening soon gm on the other hand has said they're going to have 25 odd models or something like that by 2023 and we have not seen a single one yet mm. so it would be interesting to see and i don't think ford will make the same sort of rash decisions as i mean ford has called models like focus models fiesta yeah. models Hyundai. Um, yeah, Mondeo, they've done, they've called quite a few models as well, but I think they're still keeping something for their traditional, you know, customers. Mm. Um, so yeah, whereas GM just cutthroat approach and 
I, I don't know if that's really sustainable long term. I was wondering, what's your opinion on um, another big American company, Dodge, then, considering you go to their dealerships and it's, what, Dodge, Jeep, Chrysler, Fiat Alpha? Yeah. Chrysler's left. Yeah, Chrysler's pulled out of our market. That, that was that was last that was, that was. Yeah, that's right. So they've pulled out. Look, the truth is, if you want to buy a Dodge, you buy it from somewhere in Queensland where they convert the, um, the charges and the challenges <laughs> over because that's the only one worth buying. Um, Too bad they're well over six figures. Yeah. yeah. Take it alone, Scotty. Sell some drugs. That's fine. <laughs> um, you heard it here first. You know, hustles on. Hustles hey, I'll, I'll take open up a pharmacy. Straight from Alan Beep. Say, say, I said open up a pharmacy. He's just <laughs> that I was playing. Yeah, yeah. So, because I've looked at those a few times as like a, um, we'll call it a first working man car. And yeah, they, uh, you know, my entire paycheck will go, you know, straight to <laughs> straight to that car. But it, you know, it'd be nice and unique. You know, something in like purple, a nice charger yeah. in purple or something. Yeah. Boy, do they sound good. Heard one the yeah. other day going past. Oh. No, there was there was a uh, there was a there was a Hellcat that drove past me oh, probably a month ago now, and it was just it was just it was it was like barely off idle, and you just hear the the supercharger just just whining. Was I'm like that's that's oh. not. <laughs> And that's why that's why Dodge, you know, and and, and Ram, not was the other guys, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep. They know that they're not going to sell any cars because you know people can actually buy proper Dodges <laughs> if they want. So you know, they're just going to slowly eke out of the market. Mm. At the same time, I never found them selling particularly good cars, mm. at least for us. The one car, the good, the good thing they sold was the 300C. That was great while it lasted. Now it's kind of you know gone. Yeah, yeah I don't mind the. I think they've gone for a, a good side here in the market with the Grand Cherokee, especially the SRT version. They see quite are, a lot of those. They, I think they've done well there. Because it, it's a it's an affordable alternative to let's say a Mercedes AMG wagon and, and, and stuff like that. And the performance is there to back it up. Exactly. Right? So it's got, yeah. got respectable performance. And that's I see quite a few parents dropping their kids off in those. Seeing yeah, quite a lot. Mate of mine had one. He bought it for he bought it, he bought it second hand. I think he paid seventy grand for it, and he sold it for eighty during COVID. So <laughs> he got he got his money out of it, and he's like, oh, well, I'm, yeah. And he's like, he's like, look, it was fun. He's like, it was hilariously bad on fuel, but he's like, that's not the point. Yeah. You buy an SRT eight Jeep just to just to be it. Just to, just to, you buy it for the smile on your face yeah. while you're driving it. Yeah, exactly. A guy my dad's work had one as well. Um, his one had some, let's just say, less than kosher VIN numbers, um, <laughs> right. and then when it. When it got stolen, he couldn't report it to the police for some reason. Mm. <laughs> That's really unfair, isn't it? When you when you, your stolen can't get stolen. I mean, <laughs> what's happening with the world? <laughs> uh, well, I'll go on for Scotty. The skyline is no longer a skyline. It, it is like a crossover thing, and that's just like yeah, have, it's dead. Yeah, they've killed. It died dead. quite a while ago. I feel. Um, uh, what about that uh, Nissan CEO dude, the Mexican oh, guy, Ghost? Oh, Carlos. Carlos. Oh, yeah. And his escape out of Japan or whatever the hell he did. So, so further information says he was being set up by the Japanese individual, like, you uh, know, executive. By the stuff. Yakuza. Yeah, well, because so, he's, he's obviously come out and said some things. And it implies that maybe he was also being done dirty a bit. So I feel there's, there is two sides to every story. I mean, and like, not that I'm saying, obviously, if you're running away before your court trial and everything else, it obviously seems more like you're guilty. 
But there's context to that as well, where you have a situation in Japan, the legal system is heavily weighed in favor of the authority. Mm. They've got a 99.8% conviction rate or something. Well, he should. Yeah. And the more that you get information about, because it's a fairly close system, is again, not everything that happens is above board. Um, and they don't have the same, I guess, sense of process that Western countries do. Mm. So his choice of making a run for it, considering that was what he's up against, you know, may not entirely scream that he was definitely in the wrong. You know, I'm all about automotive law. So let's, yeah, let's... we shall see. We shall see. Any last ones, guys, before we get to the car quiz? All right, I'll move along so I can't see the answers. Car quiz time it is. Let me just show music. <laughs> let me get my let me get my notepad up. All right, guys. So this is the car talk car quiz, as you guys know and love. It is the the ultimate quiz that that we that we do every Tuesday night. You know the rules: ten questions plus some bonus questions. Buzzing with your name. Let's go. Question one: In 1959, Volvo invented the three point seatbelt. Yeah. Why did they make it patent free? Alan. Alan. Oh. Safety was more important than you know making money. Absolutely, Alan. That is cor- that is correct. <laughs> Well done, Alan. Victory dance. Alan's doing a victory. I'll, I'll, I'll turn the camera over. He's doing a victory dance. So. <laughs> well, that one. Question two. HSV made a four-wheel drive in the 90s. What was it called? Or, or what was it in... In, 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 uh, in, in the yeah. 90s. In the 90s, they made a HSV something. Oh. Alan. It's not called a Monaro. No. In- David. David. It was, an HS, it was a jackaroo. It was a jackaroo. There you go. They did the HSV jackaroo. Oh, okay. I was just trying to think it was badge something else, but no, no. no I'll take the point. That's fine. They are really <laughs> rare. Apparently apparently there was one at a record a few 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 months ago. And everyone's like, oh, it's a, it's a HSV jackaroo. And everyone's like, they're like, there is no HSV impact on that car, essentially. That's right. It's a, it's a sticker. It's a sticker. It's a sticker special. Yeah, I, I call that car the old. I call that car the, the ultimate. The, the fakery. The ultimate sticker special. Fakery. <laughs> Question three: How many Focus RS models have there been? Ooh, how many generations do you mean? Generations of Focus RS have there been? Scott. Scott. Is it four? Alan. Incorrect. Scott. Alan. Five. Incorrect. Alan. David. David. Three. There has been three models of RS. Yeah, there was Mark. Uh, we never got the first one. We got the second and third. Bonus question. In the Mark III, which was the last one to be released, Australia had a rare model towards the end of its run. What was it called? Ooh. David? David. Was it the 180? Incorrect. Okay. So it was the last Focus RS that they sold. There was a limit. Oh, geez. Okay. Oh. Allies gave it away. I do it because I was trying to buy one. Is the RS limited edition? Limited edition is correct, Alan. Well done. <laughs> oh, that's poor, uh, poor work, Mr. Junior. All right. Honda announced, Christian Paul, Honda announced the price of their new Civic in Australia. What is the exact price? Thank you very much. David. Uh, David got in there just. David? $47,200. Drive away. Drive away. No more to pay, Mr. Mr. Prince. Well done. Score check. David three, Alum two, Scotty and Rizzi at the score. Question five: What car am I? Uh, limited to a run of two hundred and fifty units. Never sold here in Australia, but is a well-known version of this car. This model was based off its standard sibling, however, receiving the larger V six engine or a larger V six engine, 
all-wheel drive, a six-speed gearbox. It featured a fully uh, a full body kit and wider fenders to make it essentially a Golf R32 fit underneath it. David. This, David. Is it the Renault Clio V6? Incorrect. Okay. The I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> the model it was based on was known as a Golf in drag. What car am I? Scott. Scott. I don't know if it came with the V6 over. Was it the Sirocco R? Oh, no, incorrect. Good good guess, though. Good guess. So I was going to say Sirocco. Uh, well, then I got nothing. Think early 2000s VW. Oh, David. David? Oh, yep. Oh, well, what? I won't get the point. Was the Passat R? Uh, no. Incorrect. No, 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 no. There's only there's only uh, Alum and Riz left to answer this one. Alum. Alum. I'm going to say R32. Incorrect. It used the Ooh. R32 running gear, but it was in a different model of their lineup. Oh, uh, think oh. think early 2000. What what uh, what cars were very similar size to to, to the to the Golf? I don't know Bora. Oh, you're close. It was the Beetle. They did a Beetle RSI, uh, which was oh really. Which was like a uh-huh. look at it. It was like it was all over the you know the press. Or like this is the cool. This is the coolest beetle ever. Question six. In what year, yes. Question six. In what year did the original Type One VW Beetle officially end production? End production. In production. I'm Got guessing it was in Brazil. It was in Brazil. Yep. The safety standards aren't really weren't as advanced as ours. Let's put it that way. The reason why the car kept selling for so long. I'll guess, David. David, two thousand and six. Incorrect. Oh, Alan, two thousand seven. Incorrect. I gotta try it. I gotta try it. Mister Riz and Mister Scotty, give us a. Give us right, a I'll take a guess. Go I'm gonna it. say twenty ten. No, incorrect. Hmm. Hmm. Earlier. Two thousand and. Oh yeah, go. Nine. No, incorrect. 2003. 2003 is when they mm-hmm. ended the, 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 uh, the officially. Question seven. The Nissan Pulsar GTIR appeared on which chassis code of the Pulsar range? Scott. Scott. N15? Oh, incorrect. Alan. Oh. N14. N14 is... Mm. Oh, damn it. I wish I said 14 first. I like N15 as soon as I said it. Uh, so don't stress. Damn it. Question eight. Which car held this, the highest specific output for a naturally aspirated engine? Oh. Un- okay, fine. No, Alan? No, no, no. You, you buzzed no, in. You no, nah, you already buzzed in, Alan. Come on. Until, until what? Until Honda S2000? Correct. Um, it would have been the McLaren F1. Incorrect. Damn it. Sorry, can we have the question properly now, Matthew? Yes. No, 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 Question eight, which car held the highest specific output for a naturally aspirated car until the Honda's F20C engine surpassed it in the S2000? Okay. Hmm. It is, uh, I'll put it, I'll give it you guys a hint. It is Japanese. Oh. Okay. It's a bit of a tricky question, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Is it the, uh, Riz, is it the... A86 tuned engine that Takumi put into his car after his <laughs> original one blew. <laughs> I would say possibly, but it wasn't that engine, unfortunately. Uh, was it Toyota? Incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. Now I'm out. Scotty, it's up to you. Not Toyota. Uh... Japanese. Lotus, damn it. 
Well, I was thinking of Toyota, but think of high revving engines. Uh, but oh, a motorbike, so it's Yamaha. And it's Yamaha, then it's taking half before. Incorrect. Now, all I've got in my head is the like the I think it's the three SGE. The yeah, beams right. motor. Yeah, you, you look. It was a good guess. It was the Nissan Pulsar VZR N1. Out of a 1.6 liter SR16, it produced 147 kilowatts, um, which is quite a lot of power. Bonus question: The Nissan Pulsar VZR N1 was built as a homologation special, so it could be put up against what car in particular of its time? David. David. Wasn't the Lancia Delta Integrale, was it? Incorrect. You're going to kick yourself when you, when you find out what car it is. Oh. Alan. Um, I want to say Honda. It is a Honda, yep. Oh. <laughs> is it a Type R Honda? It is a Type R, but I need the exact Type R. Uh, I want to say Integra. Incorrect. No. It's got to be the Civic Type R. EK Civic Type R oh, is, is what it was battling against. Of course, shenanigans. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Scotty. Uh, question nine. Who designed the BMW Z8? Ooh. The cat answered, the, cat answered the, the question. Uh, yes, cat. What, what, what was the answer? <laughs> Come on, Simba. What, what is it, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his answer. <laughs> yeah, I was incorrect, Simba. Sorry. Uh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I really am not quite sure. Uh, it, was it, it was pre Chris Bangle? No, it was during Chris Bangle's era. He signed off on this person's design. It's quite a famous. It's quite a famous designer. Okay, okay. You guys, you guys give up? Alan was some German guy. Some German guy is incorrect, Alan. Yeah. I can't give you the some German guy. A very famous German guy. Yeah. Is his first name Paul? Incorrect. Incorrect. See, grasping at straws tonight. No, oh, give up, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Henry Fisker, Mr. Fisker, who do oh, went oh, on okay. to do Fisker Automotive. Oh, yes, I know the Fiskers. Question 10. Mr. Fisker also designed other luxury cars for, um, for many brands. What English brand did he design cars for? Oh, Alan. Bentley. Incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fisker. Riz. Is it that Lotus? Incorrect. David. David. Is it TVR? It isn't TVR. Okay. Uh, uh, my guess was going to be Jag. Incorrect. It was Aston Martin. It was Aston Martin. Oh, okay. Bonus question. What two models did he design for Aston Martin? I'll give you a point for each. So, oh. so currently score check, it's... David three, Alan three, Scotty on one. So Scotty, if you get both right, you can you can equal up the score. Paul Rizzi Ross is on zero, but uh, Alan jumped in there first. Alan, what are you going for? Vanquish. Incorrect. Okay. You got you got one more guess. Advantage. Uh, the V advantage. I'll, I'll pay that. Yes. Yep. David. Uh, David. DB nine. DB nine is absolutely correct. He designed the DB nine and he designed the V eight advantage. Uh, that means we've got a tie on Alum and uh, David on four. Scotty and Riz, unfortunately, you guys are not winning tonight. I think as gentlemen, we're happy to leave it at a tie, David. Um, I'm happy to leave it at a tie. Excellent. Breaking okay. right through. All right. Well, uh, yeah. it's, it's not how the show works, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
As as a loser, you don't get to decide. I think. <laughs> no, I think as a loser, I should get to decide. <laughs> David, if you I want an outright winner. If you wish to continue, we can. Otherwise, if you should let's take continue. A let's continue. All right. Welcome let's... to the real world. All right. There's always one winner. <laughs> <laughs> We, don't I get a participation flat sticker? No, not anymore. Not, not, not anymore. In my books. It could be like a good game of chess, you know, where we agree on a draw, we shake hands, we walk away. <laughs> so violence it must be. Okay. All right. Well, uh, well, bonus uh, tiebreaker question. The original Toyota AW11MR2 was available with another sized engine. What size engine would that be in liters, please, John? Alan. Alan. Incorrect. David Prince. David, 1.8. Incorrect. It was 1.5. Oh. Uh, next question. Next question. <laughs> Subaru WRX STI, the current shape, which will be our going show, I should, I should, I should mention, is a 2.5 liter engine in Australia and everywhere else in the world, except for one country. Oh. Alan. It's still a two-liter two in Japan. It is a two-liter in Japan. Well done. Hmm. We have a clear winner. <laughs> yeah, Alan, we have a clear well winner. Certainly Thanks. ask him about a car that he actually owns, but yeah, that's Perfect. fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> I didn't think you get the, the two-liter STI. I, I thought there were only people who knew that, but anyway. That's all right, David. It was rigged, obviously. Yeah. obviously, obviously. <laughs> I offered you an out, David. You've got to both winners. <laughs> uh, i tell you what else is rigged. I'm just watching it. I've been watching the Shannon's auction as it's gone through. The lot 79 was a 1970 Honda Dax motorcycle project ST70. It's just finished, doesn't go $9,100. Oh, for a broken bike. Wow. For a broken bike. 50, a 70cc bike. How's that? Jeez. Cool. It's a crazy world because I have a broken one in the garage, so I know where that's going to end up very yeah, soon. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine how much if you just fixed it. I know. <laughs> Double it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure tonight, as it always is. Great, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Riz. Thank you, David. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Alan, Alan Beep. And thank you, Mr. Edward Bunting. Like and share our Facebook page. It's Car Talk TRQ. Many, Joe, if you missed any of our previous episodes, they're all up on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasting apps. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the show there. Get us higher on those charitable rankings, which will be much appreciated. Also, uh, check it out. Support the show by becoming a patron to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com. Support the show there. Uh, patreon.com forward slash car talk, that is. And then uh, support the show by getting some merch from our Teespring store. Go to teespring.com forward slash car talk store. I sold an SR2 t-shirt to somebody. I have no idea who bought one. Mm. No, just, oh, like, oh, awesome. I was like, represent lasers, mate. Represent lasers. So whoever <laughs> bought that, thank you. <laughs> uh, Rizzy Ross. Uh, Carloop.com.au, guys. If you want to know what others are paying in this hot market, check us out. It's more important than ever these days, considering that dealers aren't even willing to look you in the face. Mm-hmm. So that's right. that's, I was having trouble before this. I once drove a Hyundai i30N. Oh, I tried to drive one and then you know what happens. So. Yeah. So you've got a good man on the inside and Riz is your man. Yeah, it. absolutely. Scotty Snitches, nothing to report. So far. So far. Yes, yet. Yes. Won't be it's always yet. Always yet. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the interior guru, Mr. David Prince, which I will be talking to you after the show about my laser seats to get sorted. Excellent. Thank you, gents. Great show. I'll see you next time. Catch you. Catch you. See ya.